Double features. Double features. Double features. Hello and welcome to Late Night Double Features, a weekly podcast where we take two films and sacrifice them to our deities. As always, I'm Alex Kither and I'm joined by a man who I sent to prison 14 years ago. It's Joe Nelson. It's been so long. 14 years. <laughs> Zootalore, it's week 24, and we're watching two feature films from the 1990s. First up is the 1991 psycho thriller remake, Cape Fear, directed by the infamous eyebrow man Martin Scorsese. In this, Robert De Niro is released after 14 years of incarceration and seeks his revenge on his defense attorney, played by a poor man's Harrison Ford. Secondly is a 1993 coming-of-age comedy, Dazed and Confused, directed by Richard Linklater. This high school adventure consists of hijinks, hilarious 70s slang, and illegal drug use. But first we have Cape Fear. Was this a frightening thriller or a feeble flop? Joe, tell me about Cape Fear. <clears throat> Alright, so the, the plot of this film is pretty straightforward, so I'm going to whip through it like a, like a boat on the waves on the open sea. So, uh, Nick Nolte is a lawyer. Bob De Niro is an ex-con called Max Cady. Uh, Nolte buried some evidence about De Niro when he was defending him because Nolte thought that he deserved prison because he's such an awful person and he raped a girl. Uh, Now Max Cady is back with a vengeance. Die hard with a vengeance as he begins to stalk old gruff man Nolte in reciting the Bible. From there, the plot can basically be summed up as things escalate. At the end of the film, Nolte and his family get on a boat to, do, to escape Katie, but he is so damn wily that he's there too. There is a big old fracas involving rapes and fires, and eventually, like all good movies, Robert De Niro gets handcuffed to a bit of flotsam and is presumably drowned. Then we learn that Nolte's daughter has quite likely been traumatised. The end. It was the fastest synopsisation I've ever done. That was really fast. It's a very straightforward film. Yeah, it's very straightforward, yet very effective, Mm. I think. Uh, What did you think? I'm glad you asked, because I'm a big fan of Scorsese in general, of his films. I'm a big fan of Robert De Niro as well, and his films, Mm. such as Dirty Grandpa. Um, (laughs) Wow, well on date in the podcast. (laughs) That's just a film. No one's going to be talking about that film in two weeks. No one's talking about Cape Fear today, yet we still watch where we are. But I mean, other than that... (laughs) That's... that. Okay, speak sense, please. Alright, well, I mean, Cape Fear... I'm dazed and confused. Go on. (laughs) Cape Fear. No one talks about it a lot. I haven't heard much about it until we were going to do it for the podcast. And I think it's very much a shame that it's not discussed more because this is an amazing film. It's Whoa. incredible. I enjoyed it so much. It's unbelievable. This is one of my the most enjoyable films I've watched in a in a long time. Um, wow, yeah. that's higher praise than I expected. It's really high praise. I can't quite yeah, maybe because I've only seen it once. I can't quite pinpoint why I love it so much. I mean, it's really well directed. Um, there's obvious also Hitchcockian things like directly it's not even meant to be subtle like at the beginning it is literally the same as Vertigo where it's like <laughs> the eyes change colour and there's the filters and he, he uses mm. those Vertigo filters all the way through also it has a Bernard Herrmann or it's a rearrangement of a Bernard Herrmann score Whoa. Uh, 
You've got an ear for things I can't even comprehend. The, oh, the, sec- the second it started, I was like, this is this is a Hitchcock film. This is Vertigo. I'm watching <laughs> Vertigo. And it, it, it was. Um, there was all those... It was the use of like the two shots and the 180-degree w- rules. Yeah, great. the two shots. I'd seen so many of them recently, and it's like a... It's, it's a noirish thing. Yeah, well, where, like, the original was a distortion noir. of size uh, uh, artificially mm. of like people's faces, and it's kind of weird. it annoys me because it's always a blur down the middle, and it really makes my eyes feel weird. But uh, well, but you see it a surprising amount. Yeah, in older films, and it, it's in this. I mean, this film is shot like an older film, and it also has mm. those interesting, like very slow pans, very slow zoom in. Uh, on certain things, also u- very effective use of Dutch angles on occasion. Yeah. Um, all those things that you know are affiliated to film noir, or m- more specifically to Hitchcock, and particularly in Vertigo, Hitchcock used all of that to create a sense of discontinuity and suspense. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's one thing I could really note from it is discontinuity. I mean, yeah, there's the bit at the end on the boat is supremely. Uh, like what's the word? Confusing. Mind-boggling. Uh, ah, oh, disconcerting. I know there's a word for it, and I'll yell it out when I think of it. All right, but yeah, I but, agree. Like, it... They're flying upside down, and yeah, <laughs> I mean the boat's not going upside down, so I don't know why the shots like that. But the shots are really crazy all over the place. So is the editing as well, but not in a bad way where it's like uh, mm. incoherent. Again, it is a a stylistic. That's the one. Oh. <laughs> incoherent. Incoherent. Oh, there. <laughs> I couldn't cohere. But, yeah, I just think that the way the shots and the editing created a sense of discontinuity, and also the music, which is Bernard Herrmann, famous for doing uh, Vertigo, Psycho, all that jazz and stuff. Not the film, all that jazz, I mean. (laughs) 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 And, um... (laughs) Oh, that was very good. Yeah, and the use of negatives as well, which are used quite a lot. Um, the close-up yeah. on eyes, close-up on faces, two shots, all that, everything I've said before. Uh, <laughs> stop I need to saying, stop saying all that jazz. jazz. I say that a lot. But, um, <laughs> I'm trying to get this as concise as possible, me just praising this film endlessly, but it's just technically Roy incredible. Roy going to run in and start dancing around you. It's, this film is just technically incredible. I was in awe watching it. It was so well put together. Um, mm. And it was obviously... Also, Psycho, sorry, there's the bit where he's dressed as a woman. That's an obvious Yeah, reference. that's what I thought as well. I, I was going to mention it, and I thought I'd be uh, grasping at straws a bit. No, it was definitely. I'm 100% that was a psycho reference. Hun- that because was considering there's so much well. Hitchcock in this, I'm mm. 100% that was a psycho reference. It was too much of a coincidence not to be, considering that he's got direct references to Vertigo and other films in there. Um, but no, it was just. I mean, not. I, I don't just like it because it's a reference, because it is a completely independent film. It's not uh, regurgitating any plot from. A Hitchcock film or anything around that. Mm. It's it's a remake of Cape Fear, a completely separate story, yeah. which was a novel by uh, John McDonald. And so uh, it's even the screenplay in this is based off the screenplay of the original film. So it's not like they're taking those ideas and just doing it, trying to imitate, like Scorsese was just trying to imitate a pre-existing idea. It, it's a film that's completely entertaining and interesting, well-performed, well-written on its own it, as an independent thing, but it has all these extra technical things and references to old cinema and that style the way of it it creates uh suspense which oh it's just great <laughs> i really bloody love this film a lot how do you feel about it i liked it a lot um maybe up until like the end when i think it got a bit out of hand what is it with scorsese and uh, bad boat scenes <laughs> it's actually what i was thinking as well <laughs> 
And uh, I think it was just the fact that he was indestructible at the end, which was kind of weird. It kind of made it feel a bit supernatural. And uh, Yeah. When he sort of came um, out, he was Freddy Krueger at one point, and his face all burnt yeah. up. And he was looking up as well at, like, uh, at the invisible judge, who was, I'm assuming we were the judge. Or God. No, I like that bit. No. <laughs> That's just him going mad. And that, that was good. Mm. But, like, I think it would have been... Uh, I think that bit would have been a lot better had they just not had the bit where he didn't react to having hot water thrown on him. Yeah, but he does explain it. He says it's a genetic thing. That's a bit... Like some it just seems a bit nebulous to the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the acting. What do you think of the acting? I mean, Nick Nolte, known <laughs> for being awful, uh, was alright in this. Mm. Well, I, I... He just wasn't mad. <sighs> and he's a bit mad. Nick Nolte was not that good. Um, he wasn't. Up- I think it. I mean, it's it's kind of confusing when you have someone like Nick Nolte who's reviled. Uh, it's hard to to judge them and not compare it to stuff like the Hulk. Yeah. But also, I don't. He was. I'm not going to say that he was awful. I'm not going to say he was good though. He his. I was very indifferent about his character. I mean, it felt like it played a purpose mm. in the plot as opposed. To uh, Robert De Niro's character, or his acting as Max Cage. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long it, time. It was incredible how how good his performance was in this. I think this was mm. probably up there with one of his best performances, along with uh, playing Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. I'd say it's that it, mm. it was that good, and also um, Juliette Lewis as well. I thought did a fantastic job in this film. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I think, and when they were both on screen, those were my favourite parts, like the bit in the theatre. Which I read that was entirely improvised on. It was the first shot. Whoa! Yeah, the, that's mad. That's the most famous. For anyone who's seen it, they'll know. Um, listening, but if you haven't seen it, the most famous part of the film is this scene where he's seducing her, seducing a teenage girl in uh, a drama theater, and the scene is really intense and uh, horrific in a way. But um, that whole scene was improvised by the two of them, and it was just the, that was the first shot they did. Oh. Yeah. That's gross. That's gross. That's a little bit trivia for you there. <laughs> people come for. Oh, I had to look up her age after that. <laughs> and thought, that's surely really Wait, how weird old was for Robert she? De Niro. She was 18 oh, right, okay. when filming it. Yeah, apparently she it's said still... after as well that she, uh, while they were shooting that film, she uh, got she started to have a crush on Robert De Niro. Oh, so did yeah. I. I constantly have. After seeing that. I think really it was I mean, I at the end when his face was all throat. burnt up. That's when I really had a crush for Robert De Niro. <laughs> it was in Dirty Grandpa that I really had a crush for Robert De Niro. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, Robert De Niro. It's a shame he doesn't make good movies anymore. Why I know, because he was... I've been watching a lot of Robert De Niro recently, and he was incredible. He was probably one of the best actors ever. <laughs> I know. I think he's probably my favourite actor of all time. Definitely up there. I can't think of a better one, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I can't actually. But I, I, I mean, pers- you think of Marlon Brando, but like he's done a, uh, they've both done a lot. Orson Welles was really good, actually. Yeah. He had that. I think both Robert De Niro and Orson Welles, no matter what part they play, they had that gravitas. Because I, also, I don't think I yeah. don't think that Robert De Niro's got bad. Because I've watched a lot of his recent like shitty comedies as well. I don't think he's got bad. I think he's just not getting roles, or he's choosing the wrong roles. I think if that he if he did a, I think he just likes money at this point. Yeah, 
And who can blame him? I can. Mm. But he was fantastic <sighs> in this film. And genuinely yeah, terrifying. To good. the point where Martin Scorsese was so terrified of the voice that he'd done that he uh, Robert De Niro used to call up uh, Martin Scorsese's house and leave voice messages. <laughs> out. It's like that. And that's the story of Scream. That's how it started. <laughs> it's, instead of a, a young girl, it's actually uh, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Well, as we all know, Monskull says he is a young girl. <laughs> uh, who is this calling? Uh, is that you, Robert? No. <laughs> Do you like scary movies? Well, I like all movies. <laughs> I make them. I don't know. I haven't heard Robert... Not, uh, I haven't heard Monskull says his voice in a while. <laughs> don't blame I, me for a bad impression. I think it is exactly that, though. That's, that's what I think. He's behind the camera. Not always. But... Yeah, he has. He had a cameo in King of Comedy. And he's a taxi driver. And in uh, Taxi Driver, he had a whole yeah. scene. Being a big old racist. Mm. But mm. if we, yeah, I mean, uh, Cape Fear was great. Fear. Yeah, great fear. Yeah. Um, I think we should just uh, cut yeah, it off. Yeah, leave it there. And do some it'll numbers. Just be pointless, just endless praise after that. Uh, seeing that we both enjoyed it. So, Joe, what would you give the film Cape Fear? Out of ten. Hmm. See, when I was watching it, before the ending bit, when it got a bit weird, I was thinking a nine. Right. Because it was very good before that. And, like, it wouldn't be a ten because, like, a lot of the characters were a bit annoying. <laughs> Nick Nolte wasn't fantastic. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so before the end, it would have been a nine, but, like, it it's just... I'd, it got a bit nuts. It got like near dark at the end. The fire effects weren't yeah. great, and it kind of <laughs> it wasn't quite near it. dark, but <laughs> it was near near it dark. It was near near dark. We <laughs> coined a film phrase there. So I'm gonna give it an eight, maybe an eight point five. All right. Um, I see your eight point five, and I match it with another eight point five. I I kind of agree with you. I think it's an f- amazing film. I actually enjoyed where it went a bit weird towards the end. Even even when it's like you couldn't feel pain, and it had. I would have been really disappointed had they ended it when he jumped out of the boat on yeah. fire. I, I there was there was a really uh, what an insidious thought in my mind where uh, uh, he had fallen into the water and just died, and that was the That'd end. That'd be really if underwhelming. That was it, I would have been. Oh, I would have been so. No, annoyed. I didn't mind all the weird stuff at the end. I kind of liked it, but I have to agree. Like some of the performances, just it, like considering that Nick Nolte plays such an important part. And he was a weak actor, such a weak actor. Mm. Uh, it kind of let it down a little bit, and there were other little, there were, there were occasional scenes where I was like, mm, not, not quite sure. But I mean, that's nitpicking. Generally, it was incredible. And eight point five <laughs> was still very high praise indeed. It was yeah, really good, incredibly good score. Yeah, very good. So yeah, and of course, would you uh, recommend it as well? Absolutely. Yes, so would I. So that was. It's an unappreciated gem. That was the 1991 film Cape Fear. Secondly, we have the 1993 film Dazed and Confused. Uh, This film follows a band of unpleasant teenagers on their last day of school and makes us seriously consider the state of the American education system. Joe, tell me about Dazed and Confused. Well, school is out for summer and school is out for America. All the students who are leaving the high school partake in some of the most alien rituals I have ever witnessed. 
Teenage boys are hit on the bum with cricket bats, and young girls are forced to roll around on gravel and are covered in ketchup and a bit of mustard. Word gets around that there's going to be a party happening over at this one kid's house. This kid is smoking pot up in his bedroom and refuses to button up his damn shirt. A dude tries to deliver a keg of beer to his house, but his dad sees and puts a stop to these party plans with haste. This leaves all the party girls with both dazed and confused, so they go on down to the Emporium, a cool spot where these randy teens can play pool and foosball instead of getting drunk and high. It's not what these guys really want. So they decide to start a new party at the Moon Tower, which is basically a big light in the sky. They get high and loads of other teenage piss happens and they're like, let's blow this pop stand and they go and smoke on the old football field. The police show up and tell the teacher or something and they drive down the highway to the song Slow Ride and it fades to black. Also, there was something about a signed agreement and some stupid freshman, whatever the hell that is. The end. Yeah, I think the way you uh, summed it up there, did it was actually, you summed it up too well because this didn't really have a story to it? Well. It's, um, you got to ask, does it need one? Yes. There okay. we go. <laughs> uh. I think that it did because it kind of felt empty as a film. It felt mm. like, look at all these pop songs and characters that we've made and look at this what it was like in the 70s for teenagers look it, it felt like an idea that hadn't been fleshed out it just felt like a, a yeah. case with nothing in it um and I, I think that yeah i feel like that's kind of what it was designed for as well i think it was just for people to look at it and be like like a little time capsule a little nostalgia bomb you know what it reminded me of yeah clerks <laughs> and for all of you who can't understand that i said clerks um in that it's just people chilling. Yeah. And if you don't like the characters, then you're just going to hate it. Also, though, it was less funny. It mm. wasn't, if it was a, like, if it was a comedy, I wouldn't have minded. Well, it was a comedy. But, I mean, if it was a funny comedy, I wouldn't have minded. Because people would be talking, saying, saying funny things. And it wouldn't really need a plot to hold it together. But I didn't... I didn't it's not like they were bad jokes. I didn't see any jokes. Yeah. I mean, I think not having any jokes is better than having bad jokes, though. I guess, yeah. But I would have liked some good jokes. What's it listed on IMDb as? Whoa. Yeah, that's why I was so confused. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I, I think it... Uh, thing is, I'm trying to dis- understand why I wasn't bored at any time. Because I've been bored in a lot of... Uh, uh, like what would be thought of as better films, yeah. but well, to be fair, this I think one thing that this film has got going for it is that it has a like a good soundtrack. Um, apparently, mm. a sixth of the film's budget was actually spent just trying to acquire the rights for seventies pop songs. Yeah, you can imagine yeah. considering they've got what so they got. much in there, and uh, it, it feels like a lot of it is sort of you're enjoying listening to the songs because they are good songs, mm. or you're enjoying just sort of. Uh, I know, looking at like little adventures the characters are having, or like little things going on the screen, but it feels like a lot of like a film made of pleasant distractions. From the all right, I think it'd be I'd be remiss to not mention at this point that um, 
This film was obviously directed by Richard Linklater. Yeah. It's his second film he made. Uh, director of such films as uh, School of Rock yep. and most recently Boyhood. Boyhood. Um, <clears throat> the internationally revered, critically acclaimed film that took 12 years to 12 film. 12 whole years. And um, one of my criticisms of that film would be that very little happens as well. There's not a through line in the plot yeah. of that because they were just making it as they go along, which seems to be... Uh, I've, I've seen some of his other films. I mean, School of Rock yeah. has a plot. Stuff like Bernie has a plot. But, like... Uh, the Before uh, Trilogy, which I've seen, that has a plot. Hmm. I don't... It's a weird. I don't understand how people can like. You have to be really invested in these characters. Yeah, I think the thing with Richard Linklater is that he makes mm. films like, uh, like for example, um, School of Rock. He enjoyed making it probably, yeah. but it was more. It wasn't really his passion or a, pa- a passion work it was more someone sort of said oh wouldn't it be good if we got you know jack black make a funny movie about he's like this like some executive was there and richard lickmaster was like oh yeah i could do mm. something with that it, like whereas things like boyhood and uh days of confused one days of confused was a second film so the stakes weren't that high it was more of a creative thing where he could make the film he wanted to make and same with yeah. boyhood it took 12 years i mean that's a huge risk so he could have every the whole of boyhood was a risk Again, it was all his creative choices. It was the film he wanted to make. And that's the similarity between the two. And I dislike the two for the same reason that nothing happens and it's boring and I don't care about the characters. The thing is, I can live with this because it's not like two hours and 50 minutes yeah. long. It's, it's only. I don't want to tolerate my movies, I want to like them. Um. You make I, mean, I, I don't know. If you, I don't I'm know not going to make you. I'm not saying that you can't like it, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. But I didn't dislike it for sure. I'm. I'm going to say that I probably. <sighs> I felt mostly <laughs> indifferent. I didn't really hate it. It's just. It, it just happened, and I. I did get the, bored. The, the thing is about this film is that it's very well thought of. How do you mean? Uh, loads of people, especially on the internet. Oh right, love yeah, it. yeah, uh, yeah. It gets a lot of high praise as one of the greatest coming of age stories. And <laughs> I don't even like coming of age stories, generally speaking. Like one thing I didn't get about it was the whole um, football piece of where paper they can't thing. Can't drink or yeah, no, no. I understood the the premise of of the agreement, but uh, I I don't know. Firstly, why he didn't just sign it because that's just lie. easy. Or why, like he, like I don't get the the what's the word the significance yeah. of it. Like, because they keep bringing it up, and it's really yeah, it's tedious. But that's the, I feel like that was maybe some way of trying to add structure or plot or purpose to it. Like maybe that was even yeah. You felt like that something was going to happen did. with it. But... Nothing happened at all with any of this. It was, in, in fact, it was just everyone was, I, everyone was just drunk doing what they wanted, and it was like the beer that they consumed was actual beer as well. Like people were drunk making this, so <laughs> this film just, it feels like a bunch of children in the nineties 
were like, oh, the 70s were cool, weren't they? They had some good music. Should we make a movie about that? And they said, yeah. And then they made the movie the next day. There was no thought about mm. it. Like, from what I've heard about it, that seems to be yeah, what I mean, actually happened. what I've read about the way it was made and just everyone's attitudes, it just, yeah, it seemed like the exact opposite of Cape Fear, which seemed like it was so meticulously but, made. Every single thing, it seems like Martin Scorsese was probably furrowing his big brows over. Just like, it seemed like he was, it was so detailed. And he cared about every single thing, even if they didn't all pay off. Mm. He cared about every scene, every detail, the way the camera looked. Everything. This just feels like it was made. It just happened. Mm. <sighs> I don't, I don't hate it. It's just <laughs> when you watch Cape Fear and then you have to watch Days and Confused straight after it, like I did. See, I watched them in the uh, the reverse Maybe that's order. where I went wrong. I watched Days Maybe that's first. where I went wrong. I'm not comparing them, but I just found it really dull. It's hard to when you double feature them, and that's what this yeah. is all about. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, have you got anything else to say about Days of Confused, or can we get to the... the... There's not much right. to say. Uh, I, I think it was alright, alright, alright. Oh, uh, God, I hate myself. Kill me now. That was the first Kill thing me. that was filmed. In the, the first bit that was filmed. He's good in it. Yeah, oh, considering that his dad head. died as well when they started shooting. Whoa, jeez. Yeah. Way to bring the Sorry. podcast down, man. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> go get my trivia fix in there. Because <laughs> you're addicted to trivia. Much like these, they're not addicted to the... what? Okay, you know what I'm addicted to? Yeah, so am I. So let's, let's, let's name a couple of our numbers now. Joe... What would you give the film Dazed and Confused out of ten? I um I'll give it a six. Six. I because I I I didn't feel bored and I I thought the I thought the characters were all right. I'd gi- I think you'll yeah. I mean slightly. again, I'm not. I didn't actually hate it. I wasn't offended by how bad this film was. So I'm gonna give it a five. I mean, it was bearable mm. it was relatively competent it was like reasonably competently made but other than that i did get bored through it and nothing happened i've got uh, yeah i won't watch it again and uh would you recommend this film? <laughs> hmm uh, no <laughs> neither would i neither would i, I had to think about that I didn't. Right, so those are our two films. But that's not all, is it, Joe? No, it's not all. As always, every week, every day of every week that you can listen to this podcast, we have a feature. And that feature is known as Review of Reviews, and it has a cheeky little jingle that goes like this. Prepare to get traumatised. Whoa, hey there, creepy boys and gals. You're listening to Late Night Double Features. Yeah, we got a feature for you today. That's right, you want to review the reviews. So, you know, you're going to get some IP reviews, you're going to get some Metacritic reviews. Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you sit back and let as Joe take it from here. Review the reviews. Oh, boy, the feature is good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Review of Reviews, it's our feature. In this feature, we pretend that people send in reviews to us when we really just read them from IMDb. On that note, I'd like to say that um, if you do want to send in a review of a film that we're going to do in the future, 
then send it in to late night double features at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes, as well as the films we're going to do next week. That's all you need. Send them in. Let us know what you think. And without further ado, let's move on to the things we've got this week. Do you want to do your uh, reviews yeah, I'll, first? I'll do, or I'll one, do uh, one of my yours. reviews first. It's a review for uh, Days and Confused. Uh, and this one gets Ooh. sent in all the way from California in the US of A. Uh, it's coming from Seth Landers. Oh. And he uh, titles his review Bored and Confused. Oh, doesn't even rhyme. So was I, Seth. Seth. So was I. Right, let's see what Seth's got to say. Oh, by the way, he gave it one star out of ten. Uh, oh, <laughs> he really hated it. Ten. My mother gave me this movie on DVD as a present since I love stoner <laughs> comedies. Yeah, oh, God, this, <laughs> this has potential. It had an all-star cast, a reputable director, and a catchy <laughs> title. Oh, that that's is what a you film. need. Take notes, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> the first 12 minutes were promising. High school is almost over, and the story seemed to be going in a positive direction. That's what we want. We don't want conflict. We want, we want good, good things. After those precious 12 minutes, this movie went completely downhill. There was no plot whatsoever. Zero conflict and undeveloped characters. Things you do not want in a classic film. I, I like the fact he decided this was going to be a classic film before he watched it and then was yeah. disappointed. <laughs> uh, I was disappointed. I had never been so bored in my life watching a comedy. That felt like oh. an eternity to finish. It was an hour and a half, mate. <laughs> There's only <laughs> one funny scene worth watching. That was in capital, sorry. And that's the part where the <laughs> hippie talks about George Washington smoking weed. Other than that, I cannot believe this project got made in the first place. It doesn't even count as a real movie. But I digress. Wow. Why <laughs> it's not, not even moving <laughs> pictures. I'm sad he didn't go into that because well, I'm, I'm digress. interested. Uh, if you want to watch an overrated movie that is boring and has no redeeming qualities to it, as we often do, then this is the movie for you. <laughs> Glad I shared my opinion. And by the way, I sold the DVD after watching this piece of garbage for the third time. <laughs> what? No. F yeah, I what? Three times to make sure he hated it. <laughs> and then he Just sold sure. it. It felt like I. It felt like one eternity, so he's gone through three eternities and then sold it. <laughs> Surely it meant something. Well, thank Jesus. you very much for writing in Seth Landers from California. Uh... <laughs> so, mm, let's move on to my review that I found. It's in a similar vein. It's called Dazed and Plotless. Not plotless, plotless. It's from Joe K. Oh, right. From Norway. Uh, and it's one star, one star review out of ten. He says, I was born in 1975, so I sort of understand that people like this film as a travel back in time. But as a story, it sucks. The fact is, there is no story, none whatsoever, apart from the beating of the freshman, which I've never experienced. I've been to better and more interesting parties than the one in this film, and I've never thought that those parties were film material. No, where film material? Sorry, I read it correctly. Style over substance all the way. The best thing about it is, 
<coughs> Excuse me. The best thing about it is the music. But I find it hard to believe that in 1976, the only played songs that were later to become classics, I guess they also played songs that were forgotten as well. And it is not a comedy. I'm sorry I read that so badly. <laughs> They're just an idiot. Well, I well, don't know what to say about that review. It said very little. It said very and, little. Uh, it was very poorly written. But thank you anyway uh, for writing. Yeah. You get no sympathy from no, being not, from just Norway. Your second language. Idiot. Right, my next review here is uh, from uh, an author called Spam. Oh, yes, it's it of Cape Fear, I hope. And it's uh, they write to us from Antarctica. Yep. No. So, uh, Cape Fear <laughs> made it all the way. What are they doing watching Cape well, Fear in Antarctica? Cold, cold nights. I believe it's actually <laughs> they've written Antarctica. An oh, they have. <laughs> Not Antarctica. An <laughs> they, they don't even they know where they, they are. Uh, and they say <laughs> it's the worst movie with the best reviews. One star. <laughs> let's let's hear what Spam has to say. This guy is an idiot. Worst movie <laughs> with best reviews given it I've ever seen. Over-the-top dialogue, acting, and direction. More slasher flick with um, Thriller. <laughs> with all the great reviews <laughs> this movie got. I'm appalled that it turned out so silly. Shame on you, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh Take my note, god. Martin. And thank you for very much, shame. Bam, for writing in. For shame. Oh god, thank you. I mean, you could you at least try, try and write in English. I know I you're from Antarctica, Antarctic, but... <laughs> okay, I have a review from Scaravas. They, they haven't said where they're from. Uh, <laughs> they've called Cape Fear oh, truly awful oh, with no. their one-star review. They say, saw this movie when it first came out and I hated it, especially considering how truly scary the original is. Saw all these great reviews on IMDb and gave it another shot. Worse than I remembered. Come on, people. Are you kidding me? What is truly disappointing is that major talents like Scorsese and De Niro would even attempt a remake of a classic. Can't you just tip your hats as artists to the original as, say, Robert Mitchum nailed the rock? <laughs> I don't know what they're going on about. <laughs> Robert Mitchum nailed that role. I'm not even touching it. Marty there might come a day where some moronic director wants to remake Taxi Driver, and I hope you're an you're you're are not alive <laughs> to see it Wait, or me for that you. matter. Well, he hopes that people aren't alive when they make that when they remake they Taxi live. Driver. Is that a death threat? <laughs> Get out of our podcast, Scaravas, you murderous <laughs> plum. I cast thee out. The power of Christ compels you. Uh, and he's gone. He's, he's gone. out of it. And so... I didn't like I that review. Those, I think it was stupid. Silly reviews, but nonetheless, thank you to everyone for writing in. Uh, we do appreciate your reviews, and we do read them. Seriously, genuinely though, do. genuinely write in. Also, if you just want to ask a question... I yeah, promise just, just, to uh, answer it. Our email. No matter how silly the question. 
but uh, that was our review, and that was the end of the episode. Uh, yes, that no. was. So, uh, next week we we have two features from the two. No, they are Collateral and Five Hundred Days of Summer. However, until then, I've been Alex oh. Kiffer, and this I've has been, been Late Night Nelson. Double Features. This has been Days Night this has been Cape Double night Features. Fear Features. Double fear. Double fear. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Ah, you've made it to the end of the podcast, eh? That must mean you like us. If you do, rate and review us on iTunes. Bye-bye for now.